0: Welcome, everybody. I'm Jamie Migdahl. And welcome back to Pets Mean Business on Pet Life Radio Network. I'm so excited. You know, I don't listen to them very often. In fact, I rarely listen. And I think that's common for people not to want to watch themselves or hear themselves. I I think it is. Uh, At least for me, it's very much the case who have been my guests. And I have like these wonderful feelings about the show. But it's one thing to have wonderful feelings. And it's another thing to go back and listen. So um, the last couple of days, I listened to podcasts all the time. That's my that's my main audio entertainment. I don't listen to the radio. I don't listen to CDs. I will listen to Spotify when I'm working, but I get most of my information from podcasts and I have a whole bunch of favorite ones. So I've, I've put Pets Mean Business into the rotation and I have awesome guests. Oh my gosh, if you if you just started listening now and whether you like me or not, it doesn't matter. You, you have to listen to some of these people and what they're saying, what they're doing and how they're influencing the world and how they're impacting the world and how they're taking chances and risks and, and doing it all with the pet. Passionate eye and bend and twist. It's so cool. This is the coolest thing. And so I feel excited. And today's a great, I'd say this every time. And I was listening to them. I'm like, you know what, Jamie, chill out on saying how awesome everyone is. But when it's true, what are you going to do? You got to speak the truth. So the reality is that my guest again today is awesome. She embodies all of these things that I'm feeling around the show and around the industry, which is living with passion, which is which is again a kind of very cheesy statement, I don't care, I'm going to say it. It's about taking nothing and making something from it, which is what entrepreneurship is, the spirit of entrepreneurship, doing so with risks, doing so with passion, doing so with intention, doing so without knowing or knowing too much sometimes. And the pet industry, you throw something extra on top of that, right? So you do that uh, across all um, kind of industry agnostically when you're an entrepreneur or you're building a company or you're taking a risk or you're changing your career, you kind of do things. But when you talk about doing those things with pets as the backdrop to those things, the game changes. The game totally changes. Um, Whether it's dogs, cats, you know, reptiles, birds, doesn't matter. When you bring pets into the discussion and... Uh, You bring pets into the thought process of whether it be the business, the consumer, what have you. It changes. It's something that people can relate to or can't relate to. And it creates an emotion. An emotion for good or bad becomes a fire and that fire will spread in good ways or bad ways. And, and that's, I think, what makes this industry so incredible. Now, this incredible industry has grown massively over the last two decades. And if you've been listening, you already know the stats. Quickly, to re- repeat them, 20 years ago, we were at $17 billion. When I got into the industry in 1994, it was a $17 billion, very fragmented industry. Um, now it's 2016, and we're looking at about $63 billion industry. Yep, that's right. That much growth. With that much growth comes tremendous opportunity, both for the consumer and for the businesses. And through that growth, we have met uh, and we've been exposed to as pet businesses and as pet lovers, as, as pet owners, so many cool opportunities and, and ideas. And and so that's the deal. Like, it's just incredible. And uh, let's talk about all of that stuff. That's what the show is about. The show is about looking at that, thinking about it, exposing it seeing if there's something about it that impacts you or affects you in a way that you want to move your life forward in working with animals or in the pet industry in some aspect, way, shape, or form. If you need to talk about that, please reach out to me. You can always call me. Well, maybe not call. Call is kind of outdated, right? Email me, uh, tweet me, jamie at petliferadio.com or jamie at fetchvine.com. My Twitter is, uh, what is my Twitter? At, of course, Canine Entrepreneur. So please, if there's a guest that you want to hear, if you have a question from a guest, if you feel like you can't reach out to the particular guest, let me know. I'll bridge the communication for you. I'm here for you. We want to make, you know, the show is to make you feel confident in whatever your thoughts are. And if you want to, uh, if you need something, you know, I'm here. All right. So also here with me is my guest, Jennifer Whaley, who's a pet photographer. Hello. Hello. First pet photographer we've ever had on the show. Hello, Jennifer. Yay. And, and, and not just a pet photographer, right? Because we think pet photographer, we think of someone sitting in, in a, one of the big box stores with a camera, maybe even a, a Polaroid, right? The Insta camera, the old days, taking pictures of dogs with Santa Claus. No, this is very different. Let's rethink how we consider pet photographers and what innovative pet photographers are doing and how they're impacting people, pets, businesses, rescue, et cetera. And Jennifer is doing all of those things, right, Jen? Yes, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, you are. Well, we're going to talk all about how you're trying more than like, like who was it yoda or was it Pooh? there is no trying there's just doing i think it's yoda not Pooh. um there's no trying There's just doing and you are definitely doing we're going to take a break we're going to come back hear how you're doing what you're doing why you're doing and all of the things around that i'm really excited that you're my guest i'm also really excited that you're listening to pets mean business on pet life radio network i'm amy migdell i'm your host we'll be right back It's hard to find time for your furry family member. That's where Camp Bow Wow comes in. All-day play and overnight camp. Daycare and boarding for dogs. Everything is included. Large play areas for fun and exercise. Spacious cabins, comfy cots, even live camper cams to watch from a computer or smartphone. Camp Bow Wow offers the best care and is the place to go where a dog can be a dog. For locations and more information, visit CampBowWow.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, we're back from break. All right, so we're here with Jennifer Whaley, like I mentioned before the break. Jennifer is a, I'll call you a renowned pet photographer. May I call you that? Oh, please do. Okay, you're renowned. You're renowned. You're a pet photographer. You're based here in the Midwest. You live in Indiana, but you're, you do a lot of business in Chicago. Am I correct? Oh, about 90% of it. Of course I'm correct. I mean come on now. Who are we kidding? (laughs) Of course I'm correct. I know. See now this is the thing. One of the things too about this show is that because I'm Chicago based and I've been a pet entrepreneur in Chicago for a long time, it serves it's you know, of course it's gonna be that many of my guests are from Chicago or from the Chicago area. We're not a Chicago show, but it just happens to be and it happens to be that because I've been here for so long I know. Really good people who are willing to come on the show. So that's the deal. I always want to say that because I feel like there has been a lot of Chicago heaviness. But you know, you're like each, even if you are on the moon, even if you were on the moon, I, th- I think I would know you. That's kind of how I feel. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, okay, let's talk about your business. So your business is Fetch Portraits. Fetch Portraits. Mm-hmm. And you, you also are the creator of a business called Pose a Pet, which is an app. Correct. And you've been working in the pet industry for about a decade, right? About a decade? Yeah. Yeah. It's flown uh, by. It's great. And you're and you have a lot of traction. Everyone here's the thing about you, everyone likes you. I don't know what it is that you do. I don't know if you like put something in people's water, but I don't know anyone that doesn't like you. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's is,
1: because I get to be happy all the time. I mean, I, my job is
0: a pretty happy job, so I mean, are you ever in a bad mood when you're doing your work?
1: Only when it's too hot. But I'm usually not outside for that anyway because it's too hot for the dogs. So I guess I'll revert to saying, no, I'm usually not unhappy when I'm working.
0: Yeah, I've, I mean, I've seen you work in, under a number of circumstances in a number of different venues, and you're always just, you have that look on your face, you're comfortable. I feel like you dress the way that you feel. You're always <laughs> dressed in a really, you know what I mean? Like your hair is always really cute with your pigtails or your hat. Um, you're just just—you're <laughs> you're just kind of, you, you're you incredibly authentic. I know that I'm not the first well, person thank to say you. that. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you're authentic? I feel
1: like I don't know how to be any other way, which is probably why I wound up doing what I'm doing. I've, I worked in uh, corporate environments before. I always felt like I was out of my skin.
0: What do you mean? How's that?
1: Just not in my own regular skin, just not comfortable being enclosed and and rigid and and following the same thing on a regular basis. What I do makes me happy because I have freedom to change my schedule, change my environment, I meet new people and new dogs all the time. There's no way to be unhappy.
0: So when did when did you make the shift from being unhappy or being uncomfortable in your own skin to Obviously we're 10 years into it, but if we can just kind of go back a bit to that point of you know where you know I think when people change their careers or they make the shift from being what people think they should be to what they want to be, and I think the pet industry brings it out of people, there's obviously a point of discomfort, and that discomfort could be you know days could be months, could be years, but can we talk a little bit about what happened for you during that transition absolutely
1: i uh you know, I think that that discomfort that you feel during that transition depends on whether it was self-inflicted or inflicted from the outside. <laughs> and there's a big difference when you choose that discomfort for yourself or somebody else chooses it for you. I was working in corporate America, and I had given seven years of my life to a company where I was 15th hire. And by the time they laid myself and my boss off on the same day and locked us out of the building, they had grown to 200 employees, and I all of a sudden had no home. I had no, everything I had worked for was gone. I had no access to it. And it all happened in a second. And I had been thinking about pet photography, well, pretty much my whole life since I was eight years old. But I had been thinking more and more about it about a year prior to getting laid off. And uh, looking back, I'm not going to say that I wish I would have made the decision myself because, you know, how can I regret the experience that I have and the way that it went? I like who I am and how things are going. So I must thank the way they happened. But it makes me want to encourage other people, if they're thinking about making a change, consider making the change for yourself rather than waiting for someone else to make it for you. Because it's a lot harder to recover from something that wasn't your choice.
0: So, I mean, that's a really interesting point. I think that you're right about it. I agree and I, I totally relate to what you're saying. But I feel like you're lucky that you had that happen. I feel like a lot of people are waiting for someone else to do it for them. It's not, I mean, it's easy to say, you know, stand up for yourself, make the change for yourself. You only have one life. You know, every day is precious. All of these kind of um, idioms that people are able to, you know, spout, especially when they've made that change. But what do you think about for, I mean, how do we, how do we help? How do we support? How do we think about or talk about folks that are, that just don't make that choice or just aren't able to, whether it's because of fear, financial reasons, family expectations, or even I think also, too, I think some people are doing a career or they're having a life that doesn't suck. Right. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Suck. It doesn't have to suck. But there's this right. thing that they're, that they're unfulfilled because they just aren't doing that other thing that they want to be doing or trying out. What, what, what suggestion, like, I don't know, what do we do? What kind of suggestions do we have for folks in that position that it's not painful? It's just not awesome. And there's really no, whether it's golden handcuffs, whatever it is, what are, what are things that you've seen uh, in your life or things that, you know, that, that you think could be, that could be helpful around that?
1: Well, you know, for me, I think it's inventory. Take inventory at a time. I think it's kind of an aha moment. It's not something that most people learn to plan for. But once I started taking inventory annually, I started to notice a lot more what made me happy and what made me unhappy. And once you know that, you can't really run from it. You have to address it because it's right in your face year after year. So, so I think inventory? I would encourage people to take inventory.
0: What does that mean? To look
1: at your life like it's, like it's a pile of resources because that's what it is. You only have so much time in a week. And if you're working for someone else or for a corporate or what, whatever you're working for, you're probably spending 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week doing it. Mm-hmm. So how many hours a night do you sleep and, and what else have you allowed into your life that you have to do on a regular basis and have to give time to you and take time out for errands and family and friends and all that? And now how much time do you have left? Okay, well, I usually find I don't have any left and then I have to look at, I take my inventory and take a look at what I'm currently spending my time on and a couple of things got to get picked because they're just not as important as the things I wish I was doing. And being honest with yourself and taking that inventory takes care of it all because once you face it, you you already you already inherently know this and you and you can't hide from it and you have to take some sort of an action to make it better. Otherwise, you're just accepting mediocrity.
0: So you do that, you say you do that annually?
1: Yeah, it's, it's my New Year's Day thing. I, I usually spend about the entire month of January just writing every single thing down that comes to mind and not having any responsibility for it, not not having to file it away, not having to categorize it, not having to, to call it good or bad, just getting it all out, cleaning the attic, clearing the cobwebs, and then take a look at it. Spread it out on, a, on how in whatever format you can. I, for me... The greatest format I found was Trello, and that was thanks to you guys at (laughs) FetchFind. I love that program. (laughs) So, you know, you can dump it all in one place and then separate it out into categories, and then it becomes very clear. You know, if you've got a category that's extracurricular activities and you've got 20 things in there, well, you've only got room for a couple. You can't do them all. And so now prioritize them. Are the things that you're currently doing with your free time, are they your favorite things on that list of things you could be doing? If they're not, then make change. If they are, then keep going.
0: So when you were doing this, when you do this in January or Mm -hmm. whatever month people choose, do you make, when you come to this realization, do you make like sweeping changes or do you make changes more organically throughout the next 11 months? How does that? And I know that's like a very tactical, almost a granular question, but I think it's important because it's it's, the concept is so big and overwhelming. I'd like to know from you how you actually... See this, see some of these choices through?
1: For me, it's more of an organic process, and it would mm. probably, I'd probably be so much more successful if I made it, you know, a gridded out, goal oriented thing. But there's so many unlo- things in my life that I do that way that I, and I rebel against that kind of stuff. It's one of my biggest problems with being a business owner is that I don't like organization. I don't like focus. <laughs> I'd rather be running all over the place doing different things constantly. So for me, if I had to make a change every week or every month or I had to make these big, sweeping changes, That would be overwhelming and depressing to me. To me, what it is is, again, once you know, it just kind of happens. It's intense. If you realize that you don't like doing one thing as much as you like doing another that you would rather be doing, let's say you realize that you've been going into your basement and working out on a Bowflex every day when you could be walking the golf course, going playing tennis, taking a walk, walking shelter dogs down the street, playing ping pong. You know, there's a million of fun things that you can do to keep your health up. So now once you have that realization, it's really hard to walk down your basement steps and get on that Bowflex because now you know there's better things to be doing. So it just
0: kind of happens. Okay. I think we can end uh, the conversation there. And, uh, you know, Jen, nice talking to you. I think everyone is uh, freaking out and running toward figuring out what Trello is and how to get their inventory out. <laughs> I mean, it's just huge. It's huge. And it's mindful and thoughtful. Do you meditate? Do you do, are you, are you a, do you exercise? Do you meditate? What do you do to take care of yourself?
1: I probably don't do near enough to do that. However, you know, about five years ago, we, we moved out of the city. And I'll say that my mornings and my evenings are natural meditation now. I don't need to seek it out. I look out my window and I have it. I stand on my back porch and I have it. I go for a walk and I have it. So that's another thing. I don't really plan it or try to do it. It's another thing that I think happens organically. When when I know I'm getting too frustrated or having a bad day, I look for somewhere. And it's really right outside my door where I'm living. And I don't know if that'll last for me or not, but it's been five years and it's still working. But no, no, no. Again, I don't have schedules when I don't need them.
0: And I think that's really good to hear because, I, I you know, what you've put out here and what I'm hearing you say is that you have this fairly reliable system that you participate in annually where you are doing an inventory and you're looking at all of the different elements of your life and you're kind of breaking it down into an incredible granularity and then from there making decisions. And that, again, I am super impressed by that. It really inspires me to hear that. I'm sure that folks listening are also having the same, the same feeling, but it makes it, like that puts for me that puts you on a pedestal but it also it brings us back to being making you relatable when you say you know listen I don't have a, an exercise routine I don't do like you know I'm not like going to yoga every day I'm like okay good not that I wouldn't want you to be doing those things but <laughs> but but I love that you what you have what you possess is you possess the ability of you possess self-awareness and you engage that awareness. You don't just accept it as being a part of you. You actually engage it. And that, I would imagine, has helped drive the last decade of your business decisions. Not just operating blindly, having a tool that you can rely on, making huge changes. I mean, you moved out of the city into to a rural area. That's a pretty, that's a pretty significant change. So we're going to take a break. <laughs> that's huge. We're going to take a break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about how you've used these tools and some of this self awareness and I'll call it enlightenment to help move your business forward because it's gone through a lot of stages and it's continuing to go through stages to develop. And 10 years as a solopreneur, you know, someone who's been working for themselves and designing a business around themselves, that could be a grind. And what I've seen you do is you've made it not a grind, but you've created opportunity from opportunity from opportunity and you continue to move forward. And I think that's really, that's actually the reason that I thought you know, bringing you onto the show. That was kind of the main driver. I mean, I've seen you just not stagnate, and it's, it's cool. So let's take a break, Jen, and uh, we'll come back in a couple of minutes and talk about using tools to move ourselves forward in business. I'm Jamie McDell. I'm your host. We're listening to Pets Me in Business with my guest, lovely, talented, and obviously incredibly aware, Jennifer Whitley. We'll be right back. When I adopted her, she was a mess. Scabs, itching, licking, missing fur, hot spots, a thin, dull coat. So I take the dog to the vet for the standard run-of-the-mill tests and treatments. No results. (laughs) I hear your advertisement on
1: the radio. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. So I get the five-pound box of Dynavite and the Licko Chops within a four-week total. Instead of a German Shedder, I have a German Shepherd. Sheba is a 105 lean pounds of shiny, smooth, happy dog for life because she gets fed Dynavite. And the results, they're just incredibly outstanding.
0: And she loves
1: it. When you rescue a dog, you have to do the right thing. You've got to feed them right for life. Do the Dynavite. (gasps) Dynavite for life. 859-428-1000.
0: D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Are you having trouble getting the word out about your new pet product or invention? Let WhiteGate PR open the gate to your marketing and public relations efforts. We've been specializing in public relations in the pet industry for over a decade. From press releases to media relations and publicity to pet trade shows and launch events to social media, the pet-friendly team at WhiteGate PR has you covered. If you listen to the wise words of Bill Gates, he says, If I had $1 left, I'd spend it on PR. Learn more at whitegatepr.com. Let's talk pets.
1: Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio.
0: Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. So when we, uh, th- so welcome back, of course, but when we just took our break, we were getting to the point that we were telling Jennifer she was Buddha. And then from that, <laughs> talking about her, <laughs> talking about how Buddha becomes a, or um, survivor as a 10-year uh, uh, solopreneur, growing a company, growing concepts, you know, moving from, you know, the suit environment, the corporate environment to what you have going on now. So I think maybe just to kind of, just to get some orientation, let's talk about your business and let's talk, like, you know, kind of pitch your company to every, like, talk to me, like how, here, we're at a cocktail party. Hey, uh, hi, Jen, I'm Jamie. Nice to meet you. So what do you do? And remember, like, how do you put that out there? So it's relatable.
1: I'm a pet photographer. I get to photograph pets all day. Really? So I'm a great conversation
0: starter ever. I'm going to play the role of the person at that cocktail party. So do you take, uh, okay, I'm not going to put that voice on. That's terribly demeaning. I'm going to do this instead. So that's interesting. You're a pet photographer. Does that mean you take pictures of people's pets in stores? I do
1: sometimes, but only for Halloween, Christmas, and Easter. We bring Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny out.
0: So where else do you take, is it like family portraits?
1: Yes, we do. We do family portraits. We do one-on-one client sessions for, where the client is actually the dog or several dogs that are a part of somebody's family. The events that we do at area stores, we do a tour for each of those three holidays, Halloween, Christmas, and Easter. We visit about 17 pet-centered businesses within 21 days each time, and that's really it's really our marketing. We get paid to market. We make one-of-a-kind original handmade stuff, which is a great creative outlet for me. I love doing it. And uh, we load those up in the car and bring them out to all these events to meet new people who'd like to meet us and see what we do and how good we are at it. And we've been doing it for nine years with photographed well over 6,000 dogs. I know that for a fact because we've been saying that number for two years now and I need to update it, 3,000 of which were to help them find a home. So we meet everybody, we provide these great holiday photos, and and then we let them know about our park sessions that we do on occasion. And our first one of the season is usually for Mother's Day. And that's for people who'd like to get a little better acquainted with what it's like to have a photo session. Not everybody hires a photographer to meet them and, and take photos of their family, let alone their pet. But if you think about it, your family is going to be around a lot longer than your pet. So I feel like pets should be considered maybe even before the family. So we go out and take photos for a half hour at an area park or the beach or, or wherever somebody would like. And, uh, and they get to have that experience. And then some of those people say, you know what, that was wonderful. And I'd like to have a full blown session with my entire family and all my dogs. And can you come to my house? And by the way, we have a cat inside can get photos of him. And, and then we go do that. So By the time we get to a client session, we've met our client a few times, and we usually wind up coming back on a regular basis and become a part of the family, and it's just the greatest job.
0: You know, I never realized, and I, like, I've known you for some time and you've done some photos for me and I've been aware of your work for a long time and seen your photos, but what I never realized, and again, this is that whole, this is your thoughtfulness coming out. I didn't realize the process behind your customer acquisition strategy and how thoughtful that is and how, how relationship-based that is. It's not just, you know, it's not you just advertising blindly and hoping that someone's going to call you to have come over. You do these things to, you create that funnel. So you go from top of the funnel by putting yourself in a store during a holiday, which is what people would expect, right? That's kind of an expectation. Mm-hmm. But then to mm-hmm. have an experience with you and then move them through that customer journey, you know, to move that through that journey with you, you have a relationship where you're, you know, you're you're seeing these folks throughout the life of their pets and families. And that's just, it's a really cool business model. Now, speaking of business model, who does this? It's you. Uh, and I see, I'm asking you these. Now I sound just like so canned and ridiculous. Who does this? I know it's you and your partner, Jeff. Do you have other people who help you? Are you doing all of the bulk of the work yourself, the editing, the setting up all the sessions, the marketing, the relationship maintenance? Who's doing all the bulk of all of that work?
1: I do absolutely everything, including the website, the booking, the marketing, and the social media. But Jeff, I could not do it without for three very important reasons. Number one, his support. Because if he wasn't picking up the slack when I'm doing all that stuff for busy times, for tours and stuff like that, it wouldn't work. There there would be no way to do it. But number two, he's also Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Listen, that's the most
1: important reason. Yeah, it really is because nobody can handle a dog like him. And, you know, it wasn't always that way, but we started doing what we're doing by helping rescuers get great photos of their dogs. So he has, he personally handled the first thousand dogs that we photographed. And, you know, that was in a rescue situation, so it's it's trial by fire, and he learned a lot, and he's just become such a friend to animals and fallen in love with them so much more than he was even when we met and started this. So it's been really cool. The other thing is, he's my Twitter guru, and I'm glad because I'm not a big fan of keeping up on social media, and I wouldn't with anything else. I didn't have to, but he hates Facebook.
0: So he <laughs> is Twitter and I'm Facebook. So this isn't just like, he's your true partner. I mean, he's helping you to maintain your business, maintain your sanity, um, create opportunity for you and, and, and scale, you know, scale the business. So for sure, yeah, that's, uh, but it's just, but it's the two of you. Do you have an assistant? Do you have a virtual assistant? Do you have anyone else on the, on the payroll, Nothing. so to speak? Nothing. Okay. Right. Nothing. And
1: I and I actually, if I may, what, would love to back up just a second and make sure that everybody knows that I did not plan my business. You know how you said that you were like, wow, I've known you a long time and I didn't realize that that was the path of a customer or that that was the way that you bring them through the journey. I just want to let you know that I had no idea either. Much like everything else in my life, I didn't plan it. What happened was I noticed I did these three things and that's how they go together well. And then once I started seeing what I already had, that's when it took off. Because then I could treat it that way and and build other things around that path. But I honestly didn't build the path. I stumbled upon it in my own business.
0: Okay, you are a Buddha. That's all. I'm saying it. I, Jennifer, I'm saying it. You're, you're Buddha. I feel like all yeah. the things that are coming out of your mouth are just wise and, uh, and kind of just peaceful. I don't know. I think I I am really uh, inspired by you right now. And I'm loving this conversation, just absolutely enjoying this and appreciating all of these pieces about you that I don't think I even really understood or wrap my brain around. When we see each other, it's usually fairly frenetic and it's very, you know, it's very subject driven or very, um, you know, very, there's, a, there's an objective to why we see each other. But this is right. nice to have this time with you. I'm really, I'm enjoying it. We're gonna have to, you know, wrap up soon. But I think I want to make sure too, to talk about, Pose a pet and about about your journey into the tech industry. So you've you know you you as a photographer, obviously there's some technology involved in terms of you know editing and using you know using computers for that and all of your hardware. But you also created an app. Can we talk? Let's spend a few minutes talking about that. Obviously, we'll keep in our show notes. We'll relate. We'll make sure we put all this information. But just sure. uh, share if you wouldn't mind the high level what Pose a Pet is.
1: Toe the is me in an app. <laughs> when I cashed in my 401k and, and bought a digital camera and wanted to start doing this, I knew that I wanted to photograph for rescues. Because I knew that would be a great way to get myself out in uh, the public's eye while I'm doing good, and that's what I'm always looking for—is something that's a win-win. Three wins is even better when you can involve a, a business and a rescue and and yourself. Then it proliferates even further. So I started. I didn't know where I was going to find this or what I was going to do, and and it just so happened that I, I met somebody that was on the board at Chicago Canine Rescue, and and within 20 minutes I was letting myself into a rescue that had nobody in it and trying to photograph these dogs by myself. And it wasn't working because they were, they just, they were love starved. They wanted to come up to me to to kiss and hug and be pet. Of course. Yeah, they didn't want to sit where they were. And that's why I needed Jeff, by the way. But anyway, we started going there on a weekly basis and photographing all of their new adoptables so that they had a great photo to help them find a home. And we got practice and that was great. And then one day we realized, noisy environment, instead of jumping around and clapping our hands and doing everything we could to get their attention, why don't we go to a party store and get a bunch of party noisemakers? And I put them on a ribbon around my neck, and it worked like a charm. so much so I couldn't believe I had done it without them for as long as I did. I couldn't believe that I hadn't quit, honestly. And then it just went like gamebusters. Pictures were so much easier to get when you could get their attention. Well, I started getting requests from a few different rescues to help them, and I was devastated that I can't clone myself or split myself in five and go 10 different places you know apps are where all the rage still are and it's dawned on us one day like, what why wouldn't we put noises in a camera app so that everybody can have this advantage when they're taking a photo of an animal that needs a home and so we were all proud of ourselves and thought it was the coolest idea but then started thinking <laughs> well, really I was like well big deal like really, who cares it's a gadget It's a cool thing that people will find a novel. I wonder if Rescue is really going to use it constantly, and I wonder if it's really going to become a go-to for them. So what else can we do for them? Is there something, some other job that we can take out of Rescue's hands with this app? And that's when it dawned on us. What do people do when they take pictures of dogs for rescue? They try to get a great photo, one. And then number two, they try to design something eye-catching so that people will notice the dog on social media. Sure. So we added that into the app and made it so that when you fill in their information, their name and what they need and where they're located and their age and size and all that typical stuff, it actually inputs that information into a digital graphics flyer that's super eye-testing, kind of looks like a trading card, and it's shareable immediately on social media. And it seems to be a hit. And we're on iPhone and Android, and so if, you, if you're listening and you know somebody in Rescue, please tell them about pose because it can really help.
0: It's amazing. You're, you know, you you share all this information about yourself. You know, you 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 talk about things. I mean, just you running all of this. It's you doing all of this. It's you that's pushing all of these initiatives forward. And oh yeah, by the way, you also have an app. Right now, we're just focused on improving
1: it, and we're focused on on building some other aspects out. So yeah, that's the other thing. When you you know, they're all babies and you try to pay as much attention to all of them as you can, but sometimes some of them are in the corner crying and I guess that's I what Pose Pet's doing right now.
0: <laughs> oh, poor Pose Pet. <laughs> so, so sad for Pose Pet. All right, listen, this that's the best way that that was that was the best way of putting that. That's a great way to end our time together. Um, let's just make sure that, you know, do me a favor. Just let's just do Twitter real quick. So it's at Fetch Portraits and it's at Pose a Pet, P-O-S-A-P-E-T. Even though Pose a Pet's in the corner crying, <laughs> pose pet still wants, pose pet likes him. You know, mommy can't tend. pose pet would like some babysitters and some visitors. And so those are the Twitter handles. There's websites and there's Facebook pages. And we'll put all of those in the show notes for you. And if people want to get a hold of you, ask you questions, hire you, get some recommendations, go ahead and give your email if you wouldn't mind. Oh, sure. Jennifer at FetchPortraits.com. Jennifer at FetchPortraits. That's two ends, correct? Correct. Jenna Nefer. Okay, so Fetchportraits.com. and also the thing that we didn't talk about, which again will be in the show notes, the cool thing that you've done and I just want to make mention because I just got this from you and it's been awesome in my team loved it, you do business, pet business photography. So I think it's cool that you found a niche in that because you're right, pet businesses, um, we all need pictures of our staff and our offices and our and us with our dogs and doing all those things. And a regular photographer doesn't necessarily have the skill set or the patience or even the desire to walk into an environment like that. So I love that <laughs> yep. you found, I love that you figured that out and that that's something that you've introduced <laughs> as a service to pet businesses in general, just to come in and, and do that for them. And like I said, you did it for our company a couple weeks ago. I can't wait to see the proofs. We're so excited and certainly excited to spread the word about that awesome service. So, Jennifer Whaley, you are a dear, you are my friend, and I'm so glad you're my friend, and I'm so glad that you took the time to be with me today. I know your time is super valuable, and you're running around taking pictures of a million people and things and doing so much, and so this is really meaningful to me, and hopefully it was helpful and mind-clearing and and zen-like for you. So, thank you, Jennifer. Well,
1: it was an absolute honor, and you know I love you dearly and respect you even more.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate you saying that. Alright everybody, thanks for listening to episode number 26 of Pets Mean Business on the wonderful channel of Pet Life Radio. My fave. Okay, we'll see you next time. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com